The unmade are a deviation, a flare, a conundrum that may not be worth your time. You cannot help but think of them. They are fascinating. Many are mindless, like the spren of human emotions, only much more nasty. I do believe a few can think, however. From the diagram, Book of the Second Death Drawer, paragraph 14. Heroes of presents Stormpod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book 2, Words of Radiance. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapter 81 of Words of Radiance, The Last Day. This is like officially like halfway through part five, I think. Um, We are rolling here, folks. So make sure that you have checked all your things. Make sure that you're on the right episode, that you've read up until here if you're doing a reread or if this is your first time reading along. uh, Make sure that you're in the right spot. You, This is like fraught spoiler territory here. I'm really going to try to make sure that these dramatic reads don't have any spoilers in them as well because we don't want you to be ruined. We don't want you to cry except for the parts when you're supposed to cry. Then we definitely want you to cry but we also just want you to enjoy the episode welcome to the show i'm your host sean q and you know he told me once that you just got to do what you can to stay alive and awake which is why we drink coffee (laughs) it's jack (laughs) what's up man how you doing good i mean without this brew here every day i would be coming home from work and we would be recording the sleep pod it'd be like you're going like i got a theory and i'd be like <laughs> I'd be out, bro. Well, you know what's funny is I've let go of coffee. Have recently. you really? Oh yeah, you're drinking a lot of teas now, eh? I am doing. I switched to. I switched to tea. I have an exorbitant amount of tea in the house right now. I've what's got. The, what's the reason for that? I, I don't know. I think uh, my my wife just kept buying tea for some unknown reason. So I'm like, well, stop buying tea. There's like a lot. Of, there's a We're lot running of out of coffee. <laughs> We've and so coffee just kind of. We said, eh, let's just get rid of it. And uh, so we did. And now, and now we've got all this tea. So I've, I've, been, I've been rocking the tea a little bit, albeit not as much. So I've kind of reduced my... Your intake of hot my, beverages. Uh, yeah, my, my, my caffeine intake. Mm. I don't even know you anymore. I know, right? <laughs> What's going on? Ugly mugs. <laughs> uh, that's why ugly mugs died. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it just, it sort of faded. It evaporated, Who knows? Yeah. It, it could always come back. Yeah, maybe um, you never know. That's very good. You never know. This chapter, um, this is crazy. This is an awesome chapter. This is a reason why I, I really, wanted us to record only this one by itself. We got a lot to talk. I was about. really hurt by this Sureblood death. I know you were. Yeah, it was so sudden. It's funny because all of all the things that you thought could happen in this battle at this moment, you know, the weeping, you didn't think you were going to have to lose one of these amazing beasts. Like, and you know what I was really lamenting is I wanted more from Sanderson on these animals Mm -hmm. because I was already feeling such a great connection to them just from, you know, the, um, the, uh, you know, the, 
um, lore, if, if you will, about how they choose you to mm-hmm. ride them, mm-hmm. right? And I think Adolin even goes through that. Yeah, like, he, like um, he, he, he kind of remembers those moments, incredibly, right? He must be feeling incredibly guilty. Yeah. In, because he led Sureblood to that moment. Yeah. Sureblood chose him to lead him there. Right. Like maybe he should have just left them out of battle. You know what I mean? You know, it's just, it's crazy. I don't know. It, it really hit me kind of hard, kind of hard. And, uh, I was, uh, uh, sort of moping about the house a little bit afterwards, you know, <laughs> what's wrong? Are animal. you okay? But, a, but a I wanted a horse died and he wasn't even a horse. horse died. It was awful. But <laughs> it's amazing how, how connected you can get to a character, an animal, even in, a, in, in, in fiction, mm-hmm. even if they're, even if they're not really that, um, present with the with the narrative let's say that's why yeah. i say i really want more rishadium is is what i really want well we only have one more uh, in our midst right which is uh gallon mm-hmm. which is dalinar mm-hmm. so if you're going to get to know one it's going to have to be this one not adolin's uh, uh, which is too bad because we love adolin and we like to get to know him and getting mm-hmm. to know his horse would have been awesome too right so okay this chapter 81 the last day mm-hmm. the unmade are a deviation, a flare, a conundrum that may not be worth your time. You cannot help but think of them. They are fascinating. Many are mindless, like the spren of human emotions, only much more nasty. I do believe a few can think, however. That's from the diagram. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this? Well, I've, we've had this, we've had this reference to the unmade before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A few times. The unmade are a deviation, a conundrum that may not be worth your time. I do believe a few can think. However. We don't, we're, we don't even, we don't know what they are. I don't know. I'm really, <laughs> I'm at a loss. I have no. no guesses. I have no wild theories on this. I'm really not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Dalinar strides in, uh, strode from the tent, joined by Navani and Shalon. They had marched farther inward all that morning, bringing them to the very heart of the ruined plateaus. Mm-hmm. So it's really, really happening. Yeah, they're cl- really close now. So close that they had the Parshendi's full attention. And yeah, it was happening. An attendant offered an umbrella to each person leaving the tent, but Dalinar waved this away if his men had to stand in this he would join them mm-hmm. dude that's got to be one of my highlights that's cool right it's just speaks little things. to adolin speaks to adolin when kaladin was imprisoned you know if he's going to go through it then so shall i mm-hmm. it's it's just great it's one of my little yeah. highlights uh no no umbrellas it's like when so, um, so next time you're out there in the rain folks just think just think of down our and just yeah. and get soaking wet will you only we it's it's a t-shirt with with one of those lines drawn through it like no we're not wearing (laughs) no umbrellas we're we're not doing any umbrellas (laughs) that's the uh that's the new symbol for dalinar colon's army yeah dalinar (laughs) colon it's an anti-umbrella an umbrella glyph with like a line crossing out i don't i don't use umbrellas i'm the blackthorn (laughs) don't you know me yeah I'm the, I'm how did, the how did Batman make his way into this? Podcast? I don't know. I, I am um, vengeance. I am Blackthorn. <laughs> so Delinar strides 
through the ranks, following Bridgman in stormcoats. There are sapphire lanterns to light the way. It was still daytime, but the thick cloud cover rendered everything dim. Mm -hmm. He used blue light to identify himself. I kind of want to remember this blue aspect because it comes up in a bit okay. when Zale speaks. Mm -hmm. um, blue light to identify himself. Royo and Aladar were also there, stepped out, onto the, out into the rain with him. Saberiel, of course, stayed underneath his umbrella. Of course he did. So I think it's cool that Royo and Aladar joined him mm -hmm. in that. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's rubbing I, I think off, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, at least I take it as evidence of that. So. Yeah. Um, he knew his soldiers well enough to sense their anxiety. They stood too stiffly with no shuffling or stretching. They were also silent, not chattering to distract themselves, not even griping. Dalinar soon saw what was causing the uneasiness. Glowing red eyes amassed on the next plateau. Isn't that cool? That's a really creepy image. Oh yeah, dude. You know what it's like? It's like that D&D uh, &D game that you did uh, for us. When the we were in the Underdark. Eyes. Yeah. And you, uh, you uh, taped <laughs> like painted a drow eyes, eyes like glow in the dark drow eyes all over the, the basement. And then you turn the lights off and we like looked around and we were all like thoroughly freaked the fuck out. <laughs> it's like that, but only like way more dangerous because yeah. it's red and it's scary. It's red and super scary. Yeah. In the dim light, the Parshendi bodies were indistinct, no more than shadows. The crimson eyes, however, sorry, the crimson eyes hovered like Talon's scar. Mm -hmm. We've had that reference before. Like spheres in the darkness, deeper in color than any ruby. I like that's, how it's a different color than, than a ruby. Like it's, it's, they're so familiar with the color of a glowing ruby sphere, right? Because right. it's part of their economy. It's part of the way that they light everything. Sure. And mm -hmm. uh, even just now... Shalon told us that story about the artist who worked with red light the whole time and then how she was mm -hmm. able to stop herself from really concentrating on the red light. I like how the, the, um, the color of their eyes is a different kind of red light because if it was the same, then it might not be as scary, but because it's a different shade of red, it's, it's kind of new think, and, and, and different, you know? I think with the light coming from a, from a ruby... That's a, it, it, it becomes a source of light. So a, a ruby can be a source of light. Right. This light, not having uh, come from a ruby, it's almost as if it comes from darkness. Right. And it, and it is li li literally yeah. coming from out of the darkness. From the shadows, yeah. Yeah. It's been too long without a high storm, Dalinar thinks. Even the gems in Alethi spheres cut with facets and so able to hold the light longer, had almost all failed at this point of the weeping. Yeah. Though larger gemstones might last another week or so. I like this little bit because, again, it, it points out that um, that their gemstones uh, have facets to be able to hold the light longer, that amongst the light eyes they have ways of... Of enhancing you know, the... Yeah, it's just, it, it, it's kind of like a, you know, like like dark eyes wouldn't, wouldn't be able to have these things, but no. but they certainly have them. Right. Um, it's kind of like having a, you know, a, like a higher tech lantern versus, yeah. Or everyone's, you know, like all the dark guys are still using blackberries, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, yeah, everyone else has got smartphones. Like, 
Um, oh, Almighty, says Royal. Oh, by the names of God himself, what have you brought us into, Dalinar? Dalinar says, can you do anything to help? Looking to Shallan. I'm sorry, she says. The Knights Radiant were warriors, says Dalinar. He says, well, if they were, very then I've got a long too, way right? to go. He does, he does say it very softly because it, there are people around him, right? Right. And he promised her he wasn't going to out her. Right. So he says, um, so she says, if, if they were, then I've got a long way to go. Go then, Dalinar tells, uh, tells the girl. When there is an opening in the fighting, find that pathway to Urethiru if it exists. You're my only contingency plan, Brightness. And she nods. Mm-hmm. This is a huge gamble a to put gamble, this all yeah. on Shallan to yeah, find Urethiru during trauma this moment. That, it's, Shallan already has lots of fucking trauma. Imagine the trauma if she fails. Like, come on. Let's, let's find out. I have no idea. Yeah. Dalinar says Aladar, tell me straight, when you brought us on this march, did you expect to find these horrors? Yes, he says. It was true enough of a statement. He didn't know what horrors he'd find, but he had known that something was coming. Aladar says, you came anyway? You hauled us all the way out onto these cursed plains? You let us be surrounded by monsters to be slaughtered? Those are Voidbringers out there, Dalinar hisses. They have returned. Yes, it is true. And we, Aladar, we have a chance to stop them. I don't know if we can prevent another desolation, but I would do anything, including sacrificing myself and this entire army, to protect Alethkar from those things. Do you understand? Aladar nods. It's pretty intense. I hoped to get here before this happened, says Dalinar, but I didn't. So now we're going to fight. And Stormit, we're going to destroy those things. We're going to stop them and we're going to hope that will stop this evil from spreading to the world's parchment, as my niece feared. If you survive this day, you'll be known as one of the greatest men of our generation. He releases Aladar. Yeah, because he had grabbed him by like the front of the yeah. coat, right? Right. Go to your men, Aladar. Go lead them. Be a champion. I like how it's be. Just be. Mm-hmm. Like Remember what Syl said, right? Right. Just be. Yeah. Um. Okay. Aladar stares at Dalinar, mouth gaping, and then he straightens, slaps his arm to his chest, giving a crisp salute. As crisp as any Dalinar had ever seen, it will be done, Bright Lord. High Prince of War. Mm-hmm. Aladar like... barked to his attendants, including uh, Mintez, the High Lord that Aladar usually had use had to use his shard plate in battle. Um, it's pretty. It's pretty neat that he was able to inspire him out of fear into, yes, it will be done. Yeah, and like complete This can obedience. be accomplished. Like, I feel yeah. like this is the moment when any misgivings Aladar had have all now gone away. Dalinar's like, yo, this isn't just for gem hearts or even for the vengeance pack. Fuck the vengeance pack. This mm-hmm. is about saving everyone. 
Like right. those things out there, they're fucking void bringers, man. Like we are not just here to have a skirmish. We're here to save the fucking world. And then like, I think it dawns on Aladar and that's when he friggin' gives that crisp salute. The most crisp mm-hmm. that Dalinar's ever seen. Yeah. And Aladar's like, okay, you got me. I'm yours now. Forever, I think in the first take, in the first writing, when Sanderson was writing it, that crisp salute actually knocked him out. It was too hard. <laughs> so, and then Sanderson's like, oh, wait, well, that's, Hold that's on, not that was silly. So, uh, yeah, let's just, that's too Monty that. Python for this moment. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just poke your eye out to Aladar? Yeah, no, I'm on. Get okay. Gaz to give me his eye patch. Um, Sabariel says, huh, he's actually buying into it. He thinks he's going to be a storming hero. He now knows I was right about the need to unify Alethkar. He's a good soldier. Most of the High Princes are, or were, at some point. Pity you ended up with us two instead of them, Sabaro says. <laughs> and he's <laughs> nodding to himself and... Uh, nodding towards Roy, yeah, Royo, <laughs> yeah, Royo. He still stared at the shifting eyes. Yeah. There were thousands of eyes now, still increasing as more Parshendi were arriving. Sabiral says, I'm useless in a battle, and Royon's archers will be wasted in this rain. Besides, he's a coward. Royon is not a coward, says Dalinar. He's careful. That did not serve him well in the squabbling over Gemhart's, where men like Sadius threw away lives in exchange for prestige. But out here, care is an attribute I'd choose over recklessness. Mm-hmm. And there it is again. Yeah, that's Sabariel kind of said the same thing before, right? About Sabariel being a coward when he's like, actually, mm-hmm. uh, good chap, that's not an insult. It's actually a compliment. Mm-hmm. I would I, I would, I would have you run all of our wars, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> so Dalinar's doubling down on it. Like, I would rather have Royan with me, who is a little more timid in battle and more careful than having someone than like, than like Sadius or someone who's fucking reckless and will d- do things that are not part of the plan. I don't know if I would describe Sadius as reckless so much as he's... He's probably the wrong example for it. He's, but. he's calculating and he he accepts certain losses, but it's all calculated in advance. Yeah, that's not... That, I wasn't so, uh, calling into question yeah. his uh, his military genius, because he is, he is one of the three oh, great yeah. generals of their time, right? So... Is this really happening? Says Royo. Yes, Delinor says. I want you with your men, Royal. They need to see you. This is going to terrify them. But not you. You're careful. You're in control. Yeah, Royal says. Yes, you, um... You're going to get us out of this, right? No, I'm not. We're all going to get ourselves out of it together. Fuck Isn't yeah. that awesome? Yeah, it's a great it's, line. It's really great. Royo nods, and he didn't object. He salutes, as Aladar had, and headed toward his army on the northern flank. Damnation, says Sabariel. Damnation, what about me? Where's my impassioned speech? You, Dalinar says, are to go back to the command tent and not get in the way. All right, that I can do. (laughs) Dalinar says, I want Taleb in command of your army. And I'm sending both Sarajiatis and Russ to join them. Your men will fight better with these, with these, uh, will fight better against these things with a few shard bearers at their head. 
All three of these men had been given shards from Adeline's dueling spree. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. References the dueling spree and where they went to, yeah. who they went to. Right. And now those men are going to be part of Sabariel's army to bolster mm-hmm. them because Sabariel doesn't have any shard bearers. Right. I'll give the order that Taleb is to be obeyed. And Sabariel? Dalinar asks. Yes? If you have a mind for it, burn some prayers. I don't know if anyone up there is listening anymore, but it can't hurt. He turns toward the sea of red eyes. Why were they just standing there watching? Mm-hmm. Sabariel hesitated. Not as confident as you acted to the other two, eh? He smiles, as if that comforted him. This is another one of my little highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, Sabariel appears to like honesty. Yeah, he doesn't like fake ass bitches. No. <laughs> no. He likes reality and yeah. he likes it he likes it straight. Yeah, he's very practical in that sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like that that little moment. It's another one of my highlights. Yeah. Um so Sarah Gaiatus, or I I don't know how to say that right. Um Sarah Gaiatus, the the lanky man whose sister Adolin had once courted, that's hilarious. That's another, so, uh, put it on the list. I was, I was going to say that throughout all these like little side characters that we meet, it's like, well, yeah, there should be some reference somewhere that Adolin has <laughs> right. done, done something in an alcove with somebody. Yeah. Um, so it's funny he, that, that. I don't think that, Adolin that gets, was like that. Maybe he smooched it up a little bit, but I don't think he got it on or anything. I think he went no, on like I, lots I of really awkward shitty dates. And I don't then, mean like, to imply that g- getting it on is what happens uh, in, an in an alcove. alcove. Yeah, you that's can do exactly a lot. You can do a alcove. little or. You can, you can do a little or you can do a lot. This is a smaller alcove <laughs> is only for standing kissing. And then the longer alcoves are, we, we really got to stop these alcove jokes. Seriously. All right. <laughs> um, Dalinar steps up to Navani. I need to know if you're safe in the command tent. As safe as anyone can be. Then pretend that I'm here. Or that I'm there, she says. You want me to help with Fabrils? Navani says. I can't set up that sort of thing remotely, Dalinar. He grits his teeth, but he knows that she's right. Rock says, Campfire tales. Campfire tales come alive, says Rock. Dalinar had never seen that one guarding him or his sons. He was a quartermaster. Dalinar believed these things should not be. Why do they not move? Mm-hmm. I do not know, says Dalinar. Send a few of your men to fetch Relaine. I want to see if he can provide any explanations. Then Dalinar turns to Navani and says, Gather your scribes to write my words. I will speak to the soldiers. I really love this part where he makes the speech. Mm-hmm. And then they have it's to amazing. like... Then they have to like run down the lines with Pass the speech it along. and then re-say it. And then re- yeah, yeah, it's just really cool. Within moments, she had a pair of scribes ready to record his words. Dalinar climbs into Gallant's saddle to get a little height, turns toward the ranks, and he says, Yes, and he shouts it. These are Voidbringers. Yes, we're going to fight them. I don't know what they can do. I don't know why they've returned. But we came here to stop them. I know you're scared. But you have heard of my visions in the high storms. In the war camps, the light eyes mocked me and dismissed what I had seen as delusions. Well, out there you see proof that my visions were true. Out there you see what I have been told would come. 
I have been sent by the Almighty himself to save this land from another desolation. I have seen what those things can do. I have lived lives broken by the Voidbringers. I have seen kingdoms shattered, peoples ruined, technology forgotten. I have seen civilization itself brought to the trembling edge of collapse. We will prevent this. Today you fight not for the wealth of a light eyes or even for the honor of your king. Today you fight for the good of all men. You will not fight alone. Trust in what I have seen, trust in my words. If those things have returned, then so must the forces that once defeated them. We will see miracles before this day is out, men. We merely have to be strong enough to deserve them. <laughs> it's so isn't that wicked it's, it's awesome. pretty wicked the one thing have i have to be strong enough to I, deserve I, a miracle yeah that's, that's awesome. really really awesome i that, love that. that last part i i do ha- feel a little bit weird about dalinar saying that i've been sent by the almighty yeah like, he the almighty he's a little didn't convinced send him but he <laughs> i know that he's saying this for the men so that they can feel inspired that their leader is connected to the almighty He's kind of using his visions as an affirmation to tell them we are on the right side and everything's going to be okay. But mm-hmm. do, do you find that he takes it a little step too far with the, I've been sent by the almighty? I, I do. Um, but at the same time, considering his experiences and what we have witnessed th- uh, along the journey with him. Yeah. It's not that far of a stretch. It's not. It's not. I mean... Unless he's been poisoned. Unless the visions are actually, you know, have led him astray. He was worried about that at the beginning. Right. I think he's less worried about that now. Right. So, um, I mean, it it still could be a worry for us, for sure. But I know that we know Mm -hmm. that Dalinar is less concerned with that now. He... He truly believes that what he's been given, these visions, was a gift and that he needs to use it to help everyone. Mm -hmm. But he's spinning it a little here so that he's been sent by the Almighty with the visions to save everyone, which is not the truth, Mm -hmm. but he needs to twist it a little bit probably to inspire everyone in this moment. Well, Glory's Spren actually show up about his head, so Mm -hmm. we do get a little Spren spotting. Yeah, that's awesome. Um at this point, which is great. Um, his scribes finished writing down the, the short speech and then hurriedly started making copies to send with the runners. Dalinar watched them go, hoping to the tranquiline halls that he hadn't just lied to everyone. Mm-hmm. So he, he is kind of, he expresses um, not being that sure of himself there. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, there remains a little bit of doubt. Right. With him. Yeah, you're right. I there, mean, there's a little bit there. The battle plan called for them to sit and wait longer. Or sorry, or calls for them to wait a little longer. With these chasms to cross, it was far better to be assaulted than to assault. Yeah, so they, they're, they're almost hoping that they will attack first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like how this gets flipped here. You know, there should Mm. be, tactically, there should be really no reason to attack, but there needs to be a reason narratively for our characters to get in battle here. And I like how, I like the reason because we, we know from having read the interludes with Eshenai that the, the Parshendi Mm. are, or the listeners, or I guess, can we even call them listeners anymore? According to Relaine, I don't think we can call them listeners anymore. (sighs) 
Um, According the to Relaine, storm these are forms lost. Yeah, are, storm are form. have a mission and they have a very specific purpose that they're gonna they're doing. So when Relaine shows up here, I just I really like this part. That's like one of my I think this is my highlight here. Fortunately, the rain meant no arrows. The bowstrings wouldn't stand the dampness, nor would the animal glue in the Parshendi recurve bows. So that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. The rain takes away the volley. Yeah, well, it, make, it totally makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Parshendi starts singing. It came in a sudden roar over the, over the rains. The song wasn't one that Dalinar had ever heard before. This was more staccato, more frenetic, shouting like thrown axes at the Alethi in the center. Dalinar shivered, and the wind blew against him. Mm-hmm. I, I put a little stop there thinking, is that foreshadowing? Mm-hmm. Will we see Dalinar fall? The wind yeah, blew it, against him strong, yeah, it stronger that, than normal. Yeah, during the weeping, yeah. During yeah. the weeping, <sighs> yeah. the cold bit his skin. Bright Lord, Dalinar turns in his saddle, noting four bridgemen approaching, along with Relaine. That song, Relaine says. That song. What is it, man? It is death, Relaine whispers. Bright Lord, I have never heard it before, but the rhythm is one of destruction, of power. Across the chasm, the Parshendi started to glow. Yeah, so not just their eyes. No, their bodies. Yeah. Tiny lines of red sparked around their arms, blinking and shaking like lightning. Oh, yeah. What is that, asks Shalon. You have to stop it, Relaine says. Please, even if you have to kill them, do not let them finish that song. So, in my journal, <laughs> yeah. I was like, again, I was like, do I believe Relaine? Is he, is he bridge four? What do you think? What do you think? Can Relaine be trusted here? I think that if you're asking me in terms of what bridge four went through to make it into what it is, to be what, what I would call an honor bound group of individuals mm-hmm. from very disparate pasts. Yeah. I would say that Relaine could and should be a solid part of that. I think so too. So then I would, I would believe him. But as a first time reader, and of course, because I'm crazy, <laughs> because I, <laughs> I'm suspicious of everybody, <laughs> I was thinking, oh no, is Relaine going to, going to miss, like, is, is Relaine going to be just what he was, which was a spy? Right. Is he going to mislead? I think that, is he, um, I think that there are some serious insight checks here and some sense motive checks that need to be made on Relaine because if his horror seems genuine as to what's happening to his people, then mm-hmm. he has to be trusted, right? But if he's a really good spy, yeah. maybe he could fake that shit with a really good, disguise, yeah. like a, a really good bluff check. But I mean, I think it's pretty evident that whatever's happening here is something momentous and Relaine has it right. You know, you ha- you can't let them finish this song. That song, yeah. Yeah, and it's kind of cool because the song has a countdown now, right? Like, you know, if you 
if you think of it in the sense that like you know a song could be like three minutes and 47 seconds or whatever you listen to a song and and now that as the song goes you know first chorus second chorus don't let that song end it really puts the intense pressure on on this battle now because you got to get it done before the song's over and yeah since it's a song he's never heard there's no yeah. idea, you'd have no idea how long it's gonna last, right? How long it's hopefully, gonna take. Hopefully the Parshendi or the Stormforms are playing uh, Paranoid Android, so they got a bit of time here to figure yeah, this out. Yeah, or like the 27 minute long <laughs> version of... Uh, of Inagata Davida. <laughs> 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 yeah. I was gonna say the live version of Light My Fire or something, or oh, like... Oh yeah, oh that's a good one too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, so... Don't let them finish that song. The countdown was here. This was the last day. Yeah. We get that in the text, the title of the chapter. Dalinar made his decision based on instinct, and he called for a messenger. And one jogs up. Tashav's ward, a girl in her 15th year. 15 mm-hmm. on this battle. Yeah, they're messengers. I know, but still, you're still involved. Yeah. Like, it's pretty young. Pass the word, he commands her. Send to General call at the command tent the, bat- the battalion lords my son Taleb and the other high princes we're changing strategies right lord the messenger asks what change we attack now we get a POV change here back mm-hmm. to Kaladin so yeah initially all I gotta say about that is I was just it, it's 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 the it's can you trust Relaine is is he bridge four or is he the spy right is he, is he like how every light eyes Kaladin has come across? It's been in some way, some kind of disappointment mm-hmm. except for Dalinar yeah. and his son. I would say his sons. I think that the one, the one good thing here is that Dalinar might still be hesitant, but I don't think that you should be because we know no. We have more information than Dalinar has. We have the mm-hmm. interludes from Eshenai's point of view, and we mm-hmm. know what has happening on the other side, right? right? And so we know that Relaine, if Relaine was coming back and looked like Stormform and saying, "You, oh, I, I could be trustworthy," you know what I mean? But we know that he's more like um, Thude. Hashtag Thude the dude. You know what um, would be, it'd be so? I, I would so love to have that secret point of view of Relaine getting away from the storm right, forms. Right, Like, he's, he's in, um, what's the form? War form? Yeah. So he had to become that, like, right. beefed up action figure, mm-hmm. if you will, to maybe battle against a few storm forms I, to get away. I think that, I think that we like, could. Like, that would be a, If we were to go back and trace the, 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 um, the chapters and everything happening, I'm pretty sure that when Relaine left... And mm-hmm. said to, you know, Captain Kaladin, you know, like, yeah. you're a good man. Thank you, but yeah. I have to go. Yeah. The only high storm that happened after that was the one that Kaladin and Shalon got caught in when they were in the, at the chasms. Right. And mm-hmm. we know that they need, when they change from one form to another, they need to go out in a high storm because the high storm will make that change happen. Right. Just like it did for Eshenai when she turned, turned, turned into storm form. We know this is the same thing that happens to them whenever they want to change from dull form to nimble form or to mate form or to any other form. They have to go out, meet the high storm, and then it will change them. 
right? So we know when he changed because there wasn't another high storm after he left until that high storm that Shalon and Kaladin survived. Wouldn't it be amazing if there could be some kind of event with Shalon or Thiru that would change, that would, you know, enable the Parshendi to come back from this? Like, that would be incredible. It would be pretty cool. And that could be the moment of unification between Alethkar and the Oh, the, the, the unite them uh, thing is what you're, ta- you're yeah. saying? Yeah, that's kind of neat too. Kaladin stomps at the entrance uh, to the light-eyed training grounds. Uh, rainwater streaming off his umbrella. I like that, mm-hmm. that they brought the umbrella back yeah. to show, you know, Dalinar is out there slogging it with the others. Yeah. Here's Kaladin with one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he can't move fast. He's going to get drenched. But what's, what's funny about this is it's, it's Kaladin in the training grounds. Like he, like he has to be close to it. Right. Right. Like he, he can't leave it alone. He's injured. He's, he's limping around. He can't really, mm-hmm. you know, but he has to be there. He's got to be close, but he's got his, he's got his umbrella. That's yeah. funny. In preparation for a storm, the Ardents normally swept and shoveled the sand into cornered trenches at the edges of the ground to keep it from being blown away, but instead they'd left the sand out, but had then placed a short wooden barrier across the gateway. It plugged the front of the sparring grounds, allowing them to fill up with with water. A small cascade of rainwater poured over the lip of the barrier and into the roadway. Kaladin regarded the small lake that now filled the courtyard, then sighed, and reached down, undoing his laces, then pulled off both boots and socks. He steps in, the cold water coming up to his calves. Mm-hmm. In in some small way, this flooded area reminds me of the of the Pure Lake. Of yeah, the well, great, Zale the, says so later on too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's like he's Ishik, just going to the bar, and the bar has yeah. a lake in it. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know, got his you're feet sit, in the water. You're sitting there having lunch with your, your ankles, uh, your knees up to, to water. Soft sand squished between Kaladin's toes. What was the purpose of this, he wondered, and he crosses the courtyard. The chill water numbed his wounded foot, and it seemed that the two weeks of healing hadn't done that much to his wounds. He continued um, his continued insistence that he walk probably wasn't helping. Yeah, no, exactly. probably not. Yeah. Of course, of well, course the Kaladin. surgeon doesn't <laughs> listen to his own... You know what I mean? His, right. His own advice. His own advice. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He'd been spoiled by his abilities. A soldier with such a wound normally would have taken months to recover. Without stormlight, he'd have to be patient and heal like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, it always makes me sad when it reminds me that Sill's not there and he doesn't have stormlight. Yeah. I think it's supposed to. <sighs> Training grounds is where he is. He found the Ardents laughing and chatting as they sat in chairs... In the raised arcades framing the sparring grounds, they sewed leather practice jerkins, cups of auburn wine on tables at their sides. Kaladin walks along, searching among them, but didn't find Zale. He even peeked in a man's room, but it was empty. Up above, Bridgman, calls one of the Ardents. The bald woman pointed toward the stairwell. Kaladin waved a thanks and made his way up the steps. He had to close his umbrella to fit. The roof was made of tile set, set into hardened creme, and Zale 
lay there in a hammock that he'd strung between two poles. There was a tarp hung above him to keep him dry. Mm-hmm. The ardent swung gently, his eyes were closed, holding a square bottle of hard hanu, a type of lavish grain liquor. Sounds good. That sound good. That sounds good. Little Lafroy going on here. Um, ever been to the Pure Lake Bridgman? Says Zale. No, Kaladin says. One of my men talks about it, though. What have you heard? It's an ocean that's so shallow you can wade across it. It's ridiculously shallow, says Zale. Like an endless bay, mere feet deep, warm water, calm breezes. Reminds me of home. Not like this cold, damp, godforsaken place. So why aren't you there instead of here? Because I can't stand being reminded of home, idiot. (laughs) Why are we talking about it then? Because you were wondering why we made our own little pure lake down below. Oh, I was? Of course you were. Damnation, boy, I know you well enough to know the question that questions bother you. You don't think like a spearman. Spearmen can't be curious? No, because if they are, they either get themselves killed, or they end up showing someone in charge how smart they are. Then they get put somewhere more useful. Kaladin raised an eyebrow at this. Mm -hmm. Why have you blocked off the courtyard below? Well, why do you think? You really are an annoying person, Zale. Do you really, do you realize that? Sure do, he says, taking a drink of his honu. I assume, Kaladin says, that you blocked off the front of the practice ground so that rain wouldn't wash the sand away. Excellent deduction. Like fresh blue paint on a wall. This is the blue that you wanted to remind us about. Right. This is a strange, another strange saying from Zale here. He's always got these strange sayings that no one else understands. So... Okay, so when I initially was reading this chapter, Mm -hmm. because Dalinar associates himself with blue light, sapphire, spheres were were burning, blue light. Mm -hmm. Cold and blue? Cold and blue. I was thinking, okay, um, excellent deduction, like fresh blue paint on a wall. Does this mean we get a new coat of blue? Meaning, is Dalinar, is is the Colon family somehow emboldened or risen to a new state of things, meaning they're successful out here mm-hmm. in their battle, a, a fresh new coat of paint. Does it mean a fresh blue because, because Dalinar has been struck down and now it's up to one of his sons to take over mm. and it's a fresh coat of blue paint? Or does it mean that... Um, I, 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 was, I was trying to derive some meaning from it, and I'm not so sure I, I did the greatest job. I think that... But I think that those were a few of the... For, I, I, for deeper meaning, I don't know really what to say. What you've said is, you know, some, some nice uh, um, deductions. But on the surface level here, I think he's saying that Kaladin is bright or sharp, you know, for having mm-hmm. excellent deduction like fresh mm-hmm. blue paint on a wall that that yeah. that metaphor that yeah. saying is supposed to say that oh you're you're, you're yeah. a bright one you know you're like mean? yeah like like fresh paint yeah yeah so i i, I know that that's the surface level mm-hmm. thing i was looking to see if there there's was a, a deeper, subtext yeah for sure just to see if zale was suggesting that there's there's something coming a fresh a fresh coat of blue paint's coming 
And I was trying to figure that out, but I'm not so sure. Whatever that means, <laughs> Kalanen says, the problem is, the problem is, why is it necessary to keep the sand in the courtyard? Why not just put it away like you do before high storms? Did you know Zale says that, rain, that rains during the weeping don't drop creme? Uh, did he know that? Did it matter? <laughs> it's a good thing, too, that that doesn't happen, Zale says, or our entire camp here would end up clogged with the stuff. Anyway, rain like this, it's great for washing. You're telling me that you've turned the floor of the dueling grounds into a bath? Sure did. You wash in that? Sure do. Not ourselves, of course. Well, then what? Sand. Kaladin frowns. Every day, we go in there and stir it up. The sand settles back down to the bottom and all the yuck floats away. I love that carried by the term there, yuck. The yuck. All the yuck floats away, carried by the rain in little streams out of the camp. Did you ever consider that sand might need washing? No, actually. Well, it does. After a year's worth of being kicked by stinky bridgeman feet and equally stinky but far more refined light eyes feet, <laughs> after a year of having people like me spill food on it, or having animals find their way in there to do business, the sands need cleansing. Why are we talking about this? Because it's important, Zale says, taking a drink. Or something. I don't know. You came to me, kid, interrupting my vacation. That means you have to listen to me, blah, 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 blah. You're supposed to say something profound, says Kaladin. Did you miss the part about me being on vacation? <laughs> That's hmm. kind of funny. It's great. So the washing of the sand, I was wondering, is important for Zale to communicate to Kaladin that Kaladin needs a cleansing too. Kaladin has been through a lot. Mm -hmm. He's been through almost kind of similarly to the list that Zale was providing. He's been through bridge four with, with the stinky feet. He's right. been through, he's been enslaved by light eyes. He's been, he's been imprisoned by Dalinar or I shouldn't say Dalinar. It was, was Elokar, but still, but still, mm -hmm. you know, he's been through then culminating in losing Sil. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot for him. It is. Um, and maybe Zale is trying to communicate that you need, uh, you need to wash this off. You need to be, you need to feel refreshed. You need a spa day, basically is what I think he's saying. He's like, you know, come on, Manny Petty. <laughs> you, you need a Manny Petty, get a, get a, a beard trim. <laughs> I'm actually doing that tomorrow, so I can't wait. Get oh, a, yeah, cool. oh yeah, cool. I, I, I have another um, theory deposit at what yeah, this could sure. mean. Um, mm -hmm. The sand once a year, the weeping only is once a year, right? So it's the only mm -hmm. time when the creme doesn't fall. Right. And that they can actually do this washing because any, in a high storm, you can't do it. Mm -hmm. So once a year, they're able to wash away the yuck, as he puts it, the yuck. and get rid of it and start anew so that it's all fresh. Mm -hmm. What if the metaphor here is that the weeping is to the sand as desolations are to Roshar. Every thousand years, mm -hmm. it has to happen. A cleansing of the planet happens where everything gets destroyed and everything starts up anew again. You know, you mm -hmm. get to wash away the yuck 
off the planet, which sounds like a lot, a lot of lives and a lot of technology and civilization it does. and knowledge and everything starts over again. I just, I don't yeah. know if there's, there's a correlation there, but it kind of hit me that the whole world is about to go through a desolation. It's about to go through a desolation. Yeah. yeah. So. It, I mean, it, it could certainly, it could certainly be that. Um, one thing I was thinking about is that, um, it could refer to like, like battles where, you know, a place gets so, you know, covered in blood that something bad has happened here in perpetuity over and over and mm-hmm. over again, and it needs to be cleansed. So actually I was kind of wondering if Pure Lake was like the scene of a great battle right. that happened. And, and then now it's in this, you know, permanent cleansing sort of state. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of, <coughs> pardon me. The one thing that I don't like about the desolations being the cleansing is it's kind of like, you know, it, it's kind of like you know, Mother Earth, you know, war- warming up the planet or we're warming it up and trying to shake us off, you know, kind it's of like saying, a flood, look, look, like the flood uh, story, the yeah. flood story, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, okay, yeah, you got to kill everyone. You get, everyone's got to die. Yeah. And it's like, okay, great. You know, yeah. justify that somewhere else. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm buying it. For sure. And, but, I, and uh, I get it. It just, it, uh, it struck me as similar. But, it, but, but it's neat. It's mm-hmm. neat. Um, Do you know why her? are we talking about this? Did you miss the part about me being on vacation? Yeah. <laughs> Where's wit? That fool dust? Not here, blessedly. Why? Hmm. Now, he, he refers to him as dust. Yes, he does. Another so, name? A different, another name. So Hoyd, you know, this, so there were some Hoyd, strange at the very beginning of the wit. story, actually, it's funny that it's pure lake is mentioned. And we just talked about Ishik because Ishik talked to some strangers who, right. whose accent didn't fit their look. Right. And they right. were asking for a man named Hoyd and Hoyd. the description they gave was pretty much wit. Was pretty much wit. Yeah. Right. That's right. And we know him as wit. Those people were looking for Hoyd. And Zale here has referred to him as Dust. So he right. seems to have a third name. Pretty cool. Yeah. It deepens and, and, the mystery that is our way. And it, it deepens, yeah. And it's not like Shalon becoming other personalities like, uh, um, uh, sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Um, Vale. In, it, yeah, like it's, yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not like Veil because it's not like you're transforming. If, if different people know Wit, Hoyd, Dust. He's just got different names. He's got, he has different names. Right. That's mysterious. It's awesome. It's so, I really like it. Mm-hmm. it. I don't know. I don't know where that's going, but I really like it. Yeah. Um, okay. So not here, blessedly. Why? So it sounds like Zale's not a big fan of Dust. Yeah. Kaladin, you know what? That's funny. Dust, you know, gets in the sand. Yeah. It dirties it up. It's oh, yuck. Got to get the yuck out of here. Got to get, get the Got to get the dust oh, out. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, Kaladin needed some, some, someone to talk to. And he was searching for wit. And he hadn't found the man, though he had broken down and bought some chuta from a lonely street vendor. And it tasted good. Yeah. But that hadn't helped his mood. So he'd given up on finding wit and had come to find Zale instead. What was it that you wanted? Zale called to him. Have you ever had to choose between two equally distasteful choices? 
Every day I choose to keep breathing. <laughs> I worry something awful is going to happen, Caledon says, and I, I can prevent it. But the awful thing... It might be best for everyone if it does happen. Huh. And this is, I think this is referring, obviously, to Elokar. Yes. No advice, says Kaladin. Choose the option, says Zael, that makes it easiest for you to sleep at night. That's what I wish I had done. Mm. Ooh, something in his past. Yeah, something, yeah. A little tease here. Yeah, a little tease. We don't get, Kaladin we really don't get, it's two bucks now, and we don't yeah. get much from Zael. We get tiny no. little morsels, right? Yeah. Kaladin continued down the steps. He poked through the racks at the side of the practice grounds and finds a spear, hobbles out into the water. There he fell into a spearman's stance and closed his eyes. When I was first reading this, I thought, oh, this is great. He's going he's gonna to get better. He's going to, you know, be doing all kinds yeah. of, you know, wonderful katas yeah. sort of thing. Rain fell around him. It splattered in the water of the pool, sprinkling the rooftop pattered the streets outside, Kaladin felt drained, like his blood had been sucked from him. The gloom made him want to sit still. He started dancing with the rain, and he went through spear forms, doing his best. He splashed in the waters. He was seeking peace. He sought peace and purpose in the comfortable forms, but he didn't find either. Mm -hmm. His balance was off, and his legs screamed. The rain didn't accompany him. It just annoyed him. Worse, the wind didn't blow. The air felt stale. And Kaladin stumbled over his own feet, twisting the spear about him, then drops it clumsily. He fetches it, noticing the Ardens, watching him with looks ranging from befuddled to amused. Mm -hmm. He tries again. Simple spear forms, so simple forms, nothing complicated. Yeah. No spinning the weapon, no showing off, step, thrust. The spear's shaft felt wrong in his fingers. Off balance, he'd come here seeking solace, but he only grew more and more frustrated as he tried to practice. How much of his ability with a spear had come from, from his powers? Was he nothing without them? He dropped the spear again. After trying a simple twist and thrust, he reached for it and found a rain spren, sitting next to it in the water, looking upward, unblinking. He snatched the spear with a growl, then looked up toward the sky and says, He deserves it! Mm -hmm. Saying this to the Almighty, saying this to the Stormfather, saying this to justify what's about to happen to Elokar. Yeah. The rain was pelting him. Give me a reason why he doesn't, says Kaladin. It might not be his fault, and he might be trying, but he's still failing. Silence. Mm-hmm. It's right to remove the wounded limb. Using his father's references here, the surgeon. This is what Graves told him too, remember? This is how Graves was able to plant a seed in his head using the knowledge that he was a surgeon that Moash clearly gave to him. Right, using it against yeah, him. Yeah, using it's it It's right to him. remove the wounded limb, yeah. This is what we have to do to stay alive. Where are those... Where had those words come from? Gotta do what you can do to stay alive, son. Turn a liability into an advantage wherever you can. Mm -hmm. He thinks about Tien's death. Yeah, because that's what this commander said to him, right? Mm-hmm. 
turn a liability into an advantage. That moment, that horrible moment of Tien's death when he watched, unable to do anything as his brother died. Tien's own squad leader had sacrificed an untrained to gain a moment's advantage. And that squad leader had spoken to Kaladin after it was all over. You gotta do what you can to stay alive. It made a twisted, horrible kind of sense. It hadn't been Tien's fault. Tien had tried. He'd still failed. So they killed him. Kaladin fell to his knees in the water. Almighty. Oh, Almighty. The king. The king was Dalinar's Tien. Dude, I Dude, got fucking goosebumps all over my body right amazing. now. It's amazing. It's so the good. The king was Dalinar's Tien. Dude, that is gotta be my highlight. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. That's you, and you. It's and, such and, a heavy. And it's such a heavy moment. Yeah. Once he says it out loud, and then you rethink about all the things that Dalinar's done, yeah. trying to help Elokar. Elokar. Yeah. You realize, fuck yeah, of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Almost as if you know. Again, it furthers. It furth- it furthers the bond. Like we talk a lot about the bond between Spren, mm-hmm. right? We don't talk maybe enough about how the bond is being created between these other characters. Right, right. This is this is a very powerful realization for Callum, mm-hmm. I think, and certainly the highlight of this chapter. Um, the king was Dalinar's Tien, but again, I can't help but uh, it's so emotional him you know, like screaming up at the sky, like he's looking for an answer, Mm -hmm. you know, tell me that he doesn't deserve this, you know, give me a sign. But of course, as we've come to know, God is dead. Right. So who is he really screaming at? At Who is he screaming to? And if, and if he got an answer, who would it be? Right. He, um, this puts, this puts in perspective a little bit, um, the conversation that, uh, Alucard and Kaladin had in that tent. You know, when Elokar mm-hmm. says, every time I try, I fall on my face. You know what I mean? I keep right, trying right. every time. Like every time I think I'm doing the right thing, I'm not doing the right thing. And I'm this is when he's saying right like, thing. you know, Tien tried. It's not his fault. He tried, even though he failed and they killed him for it. And Elokar's mm-hmm. trying and he's failing. And now I'm going to let him die for it. It's like very similar and, and, and like Kaladin's making so this it, becomes, even if it well, might not be similar, Kaladin has made it similar in his brain. Yeah. It's how he's been able to realize, fuck me, God damn it. What am I doing? Kind of thing. Right. 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 Well, and, and it's like I said, like he, he, there was evidence to suggest that he was going to act on this to do the honorable thing mm-hmm. and not have Moash, you know, kill, have Elokar, uh, killed. Mm-hmm. But this, this kind of solidifies it. Mm-hmm. Once, once he is looking back on his life, on Tien, on his father, on this advice, got to do what you can to stay alive, turn a, liabil- a liability into an advantage. Mm-hmm. That's it. Tien was a liability. Right. Turn it into, but, but his commanders could have turned, or his squad leaders could have turned him into an advantage. Right. They could have. Did, but they didn't. They didn't. And that's what, that's the moment. So now it's, for me, it's locked. Mm -hmm. Kaladin is going to do something about this. Right. He's, he's also, Kaladin also sort of feels, I think, in this moment that he's, if Elokar is 
Dal- Dalinar's TN, then mm-hmm. Kaladin has to be Dalinar in this moment. He's his proxy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So absolutely. He, he can't let someone else's TN die. He he couldn't do anything to stop TN's death, but right. he might be able to do something here. And what's interesting about that, about him acting as Dalinar, is that's him. That's him kind of admitting, I need to behave like this honorable light eyes. Mm-hmm. That's good for Kaladin. It's very good I for think. Kaladin, yeah. So we get a POV change here. And Adolin says, attack? Are you certain that's what my father said? You're to stop the singing if you can, Bright Lord. Your father indicated that it was important, says the, says the messenger. Adolin looked over his battalions. The Parshendi sang a horrible song. I don't like it either, Adolin says. That song put him on edge. Mm-hmm. Perel, he said to one of his field commanders, tell the men to get ready for the mark. We're going to charge across those bridges onto the southern plateau. Heavy infantry first, short spears behind, long spears at the ready in case we're overrun. I want the men ready to form blocks on the other side until we're sure where the Parshendi lines will fall. Storms, I wish we had archers. Go. Adolin nudged Sherblood up beside one of the bridges. Oh. His bridgeman guards for the day followed. Scar and Drahi. So we got Star, Scar and Drahi. I always like it when, when they bri- uh, bridge four back into it. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. You two going to sit out? Adolin asks the bridgeman. Your captain doesn't like you going into battle against Parshendi. Mm-hmm. To damnation with that, Drahi says. We'll fight, sir. Those aren't Parshendi anyway. Not anymore. I like that logic. Yeah. Good answer. They'll advance once we start our assault. We need to hold the bridgehead for the rest of our army. Try to keep up with me if you can. A large blue gemstone rose into the air, hoisted high on a distant pole near the command tent. Go, says Adolin and he kicks Sherblood into motion, thundering across the b- bridge and splashing through a pool on the other side. Rain spren wavered. Mm-hmm. His two bridgemen followed at a run, the heavy infantry in thick armor with hammers and axes perfect for splitting. Parshendi carapace <laughs> surged into motion. This is an amazing description. Yeah. I love this. It's just a wonderful battle scene. It's like, awesome. like moving into, into battle position. A smaller group of the Parshendi, though, broke off. About 2,000 of them in number, and they moved to intercept Adolin. He growls, leaning low, Shardblade appearing in his hand, and then there was a flash of light, and the world lurched, and Adolin found himself skidding on the ground, his Shardplate grinding against stones. As he came to rest, he heaved himself back upward, up onto his feet. He blinked away water inside his helm. He finally blinked his eyes clear, enough to get a good look. There was a white flash, white amid the brown and the gray, and he didn't know what it was. The whiteness was a horse, fallen to the ground, and Adolin screamed, something raw, a sound that echoed in his helm. He ignored the shouts of the soldiers, the sounds of rain, the sudden and unnatural crack behind him. He ran to the body on the ground. Sure blood. Mm-hmm. No, 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 Adolin says. The animal bore a strange, branching burn all down the side of his white coat. 
wide, jagged. Sherblood's dark eyes, open to the rain, did not blink. Aelin raised his hand, suddenly hesitant to touch the animal. A youth on an unfamiliar field. That's one of my favorite lines in mm-hmm. this chapter. Yeah, it's awesome. A youth, a youth on an unfamiliar field. He was reduced, the way I, I interpret that for myself, is he became a boy. He was brought back to boyhood. Mm-hmm. To the when he first met the horse, field. Right? He, first he met feels vulnerable. He, he, he feels in that state. Mm-hmm. He's unsure right now. His he, he, sure blood falling has um, affected him deeply. Sure blood wasn't moving. More nervous that day than during the duel that he won his blade. There were shouts, another crack in the air, sharp and immediate. They pick their rider, son. We fixate on shards, but any man, courageous or coward, can bond a blade, but not so here, on this ground. Only the worthy win here. Move. Grieve later. Move. Mm -hmm. This is intense. This was. I stopped reading. (laughs) I had to take a break eh? there. I really did. I was... Well, because the youth on an unfamiliar field, when he's shouting, it's raw emotion. He's shouting in his helm. No one can hear him, really. You've got all these other sounds. It's his personal anguish. Yeah. His personal hell, seeing this beloved animal fall. And fall so quickly and Mm -hmm. so suddenly. It's just, uh, I don't know. It was just, it was one of those abrupt moments of the series that, uh, yeah, to stop and think about it. And I don't know, I've got a... I have not spent, as I've said, I've only ridden a horse once. I don't have a lot of time with horses, Mm -hmm. but I really, I do consider them a a majestic animal. Mm -hmm. And there is a connection that, uh, that I feel that's kind of visceral uh, for some reason or other. I don't know why. And we know that these Rishadium are, are like sentient. Like they're not just, they're not just horses. They're not, they they don't even call them horses. They're like these, these creatures that are like very hyper intelligent enough that they know who who can ride them and who cannot you know and not just about ability but like there's a feeling there right like you have to be worthy and honorable enough to to ride one so the others well it's it's a shame there's that word you know they pick their rider son Mm -hmm. and that those words coming from son it's it's like dalinar speaking to him yeah this these this is a memory that he's having yeah yeah. I know. Like him hearing that on the battlefield, that's why he feels like a youth. He's being talked to by his father. Mm-hmm. They pick their rider, son. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. There's something about this moment I find very uh, it's, raw it's, and emotionally uh, vulnerable. It's, it's nice because the lines are like back and forth, right? Like Adelin raised his hand, suddenly hesitant to touch the animal. Mm-hmm. A youth on an unfamiliar field. So Adeline raised his hands, hesita- suddenly hesitant to touch the animal. That could be now, mm-hmm. and that could also be then. Right, yeah. Right? Almost as if he doesn't, do I deserve to ride him? Right. And you do I, I mean? do I even so... deign to touch him now that he's dead? Yeah. Like, yeah. a youth on an unfamiliar field. Both times, it could be... Yeah. Adeline now and Adeline then, right? He's on an yeah. unfamiliar field, having to deal with this loss in this moment, but he's all, yeah. he also could have been a youth on an unfamiliar field when he first met the horse. When he it's first met the really, Rishidium. Sure blood wasn't moving. Sure blood wasn't moving whenever he, the horse was dead, 
And Shoreblood might not have been moving when Adeline reached out to touch him that first time. Do you know what I mean? Every yeah, line, know, he was but, more uh, nervous yeah, that day than during the duel that he won. So he's more nervous now in this moment to touch the horse as it's dead. And he was more mm-hmm. nervous when he was a youth touching it for the first time. I really love how it's just, there's this dual moment happening. You could almost see like, a, you know, in your mind's eye, the screen split and showing both moments concurrently yeah. at the same time. It's just really beautiful. And also, another thing that it speaks to is is the bond. Like, this might as well be Adolin's sill. Right. Right. Like, anyways, I just was really moved by uh, the Rishadium and by this scene, and um, I had to stop. But continuing on, Adolin roars. He leaps to his feet and charges past the two bridgemen. Only moments had passed, but the Alethi lines were already collapsing. Mm-hmm. Some of the infantry advanced in clusters while others had hunkered down. They were stunned. They were confused. There were more of these red lightning flashes cracking in the air. Ahead of him, men dropped, fried in their armor. Mm-hmm. More cracks sounded, but the strikes didn't seem well-aimed, and they rarely we're going straight towards the Alethi. So it would seem that the storm form don't have complete mastery right. over this, right. which is good. He saw a blast come from a pair of Parshendi, but it arced immediately down to the ground. The Parshendi stared downward, befuddled. It was as if the lightning worked, well, like lightning from the sky, not following any sort of predictable path. And Adolin shouts, Charge them, you Kremlings, back into your lines. It's just like advancing on archers. Keep your heads. Tighten up. If we break, we're dead. But the image of him yelling and crashing into the line of Parshendi did something. Shouts rose from the officers. Lines reformed. Lightning flashed right on, a- on Adolin. The sound was incredible. He stood in place and he was blinded. He looked down at the armor, which was vibrating softly. A hum that rattled his skin in a strangely comforting way. Mm-hmm. Nearby, another crack of lightning fell. Sorry, left a small group of Pershendi, but it didn't blind him. What do you make of that? Well, he, um, he says something at the end here, I think. What does he Adolin say? grinned with clenched teeth, feeling a savage satisfaction as he pushed into the Parshendi and swung his shard blade through their necks. By the old stories, the suit he wore had been created to fight these very monsters. Yeah, so... I love that. Their lightning doesn't seem to be affecting Adolin as much as he was worried they were going to. And he's thinking, in these, fact, these, this plate was made specifically to fight these things. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. He said that that the plate is humming. Yeah. And that he felt comforted. Yeah. That's incredible. Like its protectiveness was, its protectiveness against this stuff was comforting. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, really neat. We're not sure exactly fully what that means technically yet. No. But we know that maybe we can guess or posit that maybe Adelin has some kind of resistance to the lightning because of his armor. Like he's not getting I fully in, blasted. Maybe he's taking half damage or, or, or something, you know? In the soundtrack for this moment, 
when when it starts vibrating and he's kind of oh i like that like i think we insert good vibrations you know <laughs> good, vi- good vibrations <laughs> oh you're, you're you went for the beach boys i was going good vibrations oh you were going marky mark and the funky bunch on me dude yeah come on feel the vibration feel the Whoa. <laughs> that's pretty good too <laughs> though these parshendi soldiers were sleeker and more ferocious looking than the ones he'd previously fought their eyes burned just as easily then they dropped dead, and something wiggled out of their chests. Small red spren, like tiny lightning that zipped into the air and vanished. They can be killed, one of the soldiers yelled nearby. They can die. Others raised the call, passing it down the lines, obvious, though the revelation seemed it bolstered his troops, and they surged forward. They can die. Okay, so um, you've talked a little bit about... Um, the chest the chest thing yeah and it seems like then they dropped dead and something wiggled out of their chest their, their small chest, spren yeah. like tiny lightning the same spren that sill had been saying for weeks that she saw kind of around but couldn't really fully see um, mm-hmm. and then it zipped away and vanished in the air so so it, the body of the parshendi has been taken out but the thing that lived inside it is now gone is now gone yeah. right yeah so hmm tricksy tricksy little thing yeah, a little tricksy i'm not sure what to make of it but we do get another uh point of view change we're back to shalon and she's drawing a map in ink the largest drawing that she'd ever made the planes were a fourfold radial pattern mirrored down the center of each quadrant i was kind of curious about this mirroring effect mm-hmm. Scout reporting in, a messenger woman comes in, letting in a gust of wet wind. What is in the report? Inadara asks. Inadara, the severe woman, was supposed to be a great scholar. She reminded Shalon of her father's ardence. In the corner of the room, Prince Renarin stood in his shard plate, arms folded. Mm-hmm. He had orders to protect them all, should the Parshendi try to break into the command plateau. How cool is this? I know. He's Renarin. He's, he's actually there. in charge he's, of something. He's actually like got a job, like an important job. Yeah, totally. It's, it's awesome. It is good. The large center plateau is just as the Parshendi told us, the scout says. It's only one plateau over. Lynn was a solid looking woman with long black hair and keen eyes. It's obviously inhabited, though there doesn't seem to be anyone there right now. Inadara asks, and the plateaus surrounding it? Shim and Felt are scouting those, Lynn says. Felt should be back soon. I can do a rough drawing of what I saw of the center plateau for you. Do it, says Inadara. We need to find that oath gate. She had almost completed the last of the eight arms reaching toward the center. This is Shalon. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Lynn asks. Show it to brightness Shalon, Inadara says. Shalon glances over Lynn's hastily sketched map and then nods. It would be better if she would see the center plateau herself, but the corner this woman had drawn gave Shalon an idea. Inadara asks, not going to say anything? Not done yet, Shalon says. We have been given an order by the High Prince himself to find the Oath Gate. I will. Something crashed outside. Mm-hmm. Mm, Pattern says, bad, very bad. 
Inadara looked at uh, Pattern, who dimpled the floor near Shallan. I do not like this thing. Spren should not speak. It may be of them, a Voidbringer. I am not a Void Spren, says Pattern. Mm-hmm. Void Spren. Yeah, we've, we have had that term before. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can pause it right now to mm-hmm. Dane call the thing that literally just came out of the chest a Void Spren. Spren. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, um, Shalon is so busy that she didn't remember to hide Pattern, and all the scholars are like, what's that thing talking on the floor? What's that thing talking yeah. on the floor? Yeah. Listen, here's a question. Um, void Spren, do they specifically only uh, affect the Parshendi? We don't know. What's to say that a Void Spren couldn't turn the Alethi into the Voidbringers. We, that's, a really, that's a really good question. We have no idea. Right? Which is kind of what I've been kind of trying to say with regards to, like, writing off the Parshendi since this whole story began. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just so presumptuous, and I don't know. It's just, I don't know. Something about it doesn't sit right. Right. So, but what, what if that's a possibility? These, these, are all, these are all really good thoughts, my friend. And if the Void Spren left the Parshendi bodies, if the Parshendi bodies are dead, is that Spren dead? Well, we saw it fly out. It flies away. away. But but does it fly away into nothingness? Does it coalesce? It 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 looked like it got away. Okay. It looked like it left its host and fucked off. So. Hmm. That actually gives me more hope that Syl is actually alive then, if that's the truth. I'm not a Voidsbren. Brightness, Shalon. He's not a Voidsbren, says Shalon. We should study it. How long did you say it has been following you? A heavy footstep sounds on the floor, Renarin stepping forward. Shalon would have preferred to keep Pattern a secret, but the winds had started picking up and he'd started buzzing loudly and there was just no avoiding it. Now that he'd been drawn... Sorry, now that he'd drawn the scholar's attention, mm-hmm. Renarin leaned down and he seemed fascinated by Pattern. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the only one. Inadara says, It is likely involved. You should not dismiss one of my theories so quickly. I still think it might be related to the Voidbringers. Pattern says, Know you nothing of Pattern's old human? <laughs> old human. Yeah, calls her old. <laughs> Voidbringers have no pattern. Besides, I have read of them in your lore. They speak of spindly arms like bone and horrific faces. I should think if you wish to find one, the mirror might be a location where you can begin your search. Ha ha ha! Burn! That's a total burn. And it also speaks to what I'm saying. Like, Voidbringer, look in the mirror. Yeah. Like, if you're doing dishonorable acts, like, look in the mirror, Sadius. Right. You want to see a Voidbringer? Right. There it is. Also, um, he's insulting people now? Like, uh, Pattern has gotten really good with his vocabulary. This guy is... It's, uh, this, it's from hanging out with Shalom. Yeah, this cryptic is is on it now, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she stomps away, moving to chat with the with Brightness Velat and the other ardent Zazik. Shalon smiles and says, that was clever. I am trying to learn. 
Pattern replies, insults in particular will be of great use to my people, as they are truths and lies combined in a quite interesting manner. Isn't that awesome? An insult totally yeah. is a lie yeah. and truth kind of twisted. And truth. It's really awesome. Yeah. What is that? She asks. Storm spren. They are a variety of void spren. It is not good. I feel something very dangerous brewing. Draw more quickly. Mm-hmm. So, I like how this moment is like, this is a tense moment where you're trying to draw quickly. Like yeah. you're, you're trying to illustrate something Very and fast. everything depends on it. Yeah. I just like that, that Sanderson has built a story around that. <laughs> the drawing you know, the, is like the, the thing that might save yeah, them. You have to illustrate. <laughs> it's awesome. You have to actually. illustrate something in order for it to have clarity. It doubles down the importance of the fan art. Do you know what I mean? Like... Just, yeah, I think I think to all artists out there that are into illustration, this is a wonderful story. Yeah, to demonstrate how powerful and important your work is. The artist, the savior, the you know what I mean. The only hope you know, is an artist. Just, I just love it. Like I've never read a story like this in terms of of having so many disparate sort of qualities that are powerful and meaningful and important. Yeah. And it's just, it's truly delightful that that's a, a big thing here. I just think it's great that you've got battles happening. You've got, you've got red lightning flashes Tactics and red and, eyes yeah. and, and you've got the the rain soaking everybody and, and, and it's just, it's all intense. And then inside you've got massive, intense scribbling, Shalon <laughs> going over, going over reports of different areas and trying to get this thing together. It's just, I don't doodle know. Faster, doodle faster. Yeah. Dude. Um, pattern does not enough doodling uh, pattern too much doodling not um, enough doodling yeah there's not enough doodling (laughs) um pattern does confirm here he calls it storm Mm. spren they are a variety of void spren so he confirms this now which is great because it's nice to Mm -hmm. not have to be always constantly do we know this information do we not know it right um okay the oath gate must be in that center plateau somewhere, Inadara says to the to her group of scholars. We will never search the entire thing in time, says one of the ardents. Removing his spectacles and wiping them down, he put them back on. That plateau is by far the largest we've found on the plains. How to find the oath gate? It could be anywhere. No, Shalon thought. The old maps placed what Yasna thought was the Oath Gate southwest of the city center. Unfortunately, she still didn't have a scale for reference. Mm-hmm. The maps were copies of copies of copies or recreations or descriptions, so it's impossible for Shalon to have accurate information. It's got to be very frustrating for her. The tent flaps open up again. Damnation, the newcomer swore. A thin man in a scout's uniform comes in. Have you seen what's happening out there? Why are we split across the plateaus? Wasn't the plan to fight a defensive battle? Your report, Inadara asks. Get me a towel and some paper, the scout says. I rounded the southern side of the central plateau. I'll draw what I saw. But damnation, they're throwing lightning. Brightness. They're throwing it. It's insane. How do we fight such things? Mm -hmm. Lowering her pen. The shattered planes drawn almost in their entirety. But what was she doing? What was the point? We will make an expedition into the central plateau, says Inadara. Bright Lord Renarin, we will need your protection. Perhaps in the Parshendi city 
We will find the elderly or the workers, and we can protect them, as Bright Lord Dalinar has instructed. They might know about the Oathgate, and if not, we can begin breaking into buildings and searching for clues. Shallan is thinking, that's too slow. Mm-hmm. What's wrong, he says. Or sorry, that's wrong, he says, looking uh, over Shallan, what, what Shallan's drawing. Wrong? Her art? Of course it wasn't wrong. And she asks him, where? Where is it wrong? That plateau there, says the man. It's not long and thin as you drew it. It's a perfect circle, with big gaps between it and the plateaus on its east and west. That's unlikely, says Shallan. If it were that way, she blinks, and inside her inner monologue, Mm -hmm. it says, if it were that way, it wouldn't match the pattern. Right. So it's an anomaly. This is another one of my highlights. I get, I got goosebumps from this. Yeah. Because it's, it spoke to what was said earlier about when you're discovering information, don't just look something, you you can't just accept things or look for things that are going to support your narrative. Right. The truth comes no matter what. Mm -hmm. And she took for granted that everything was mirrored and she was just drawing it as such. Right. Yeah. This for me is a huge deal. It's awesome. Because I am very, very much a person who would rail against supporting your narrative. Yeah. You know, just look, (laughs) just look for the truth, find it. Mm -hmm. You know, you can, you can, um, you know, you can use your incredulity and your skepticism to try to dismantle that truth. Um, but after those tests are done, it doesn't match Shalon. That's not, so this, this scout is basically saying, no, that's wrong. Yeah. I've se- I've seen it. Cause yeah, like she, she just assumed. Now the scout, the scout could be wrong. That's a possibility. Right. But. Well, I mean. I just love that hope moment. not because this whole narrative of the story is hinging on her discovering right. that there's an anomaly in her map and that that could be the right. place to look. Right. It could be the, at, exactly. Right. That's why she hesitated. She's like, wait a minute. It's the only thing in here that do- doesn't, it's the one thing that doesn't belong oh, here. You dude. know what I mean? Yeah. That's your, that's your hero. Is she going to find the assassin in white there? It, like, I we mean, know that he, well, we know that he we well, know was that, a hero and then he went and found, yeah. um, Teravangian and Yakovet. Teravangian, yep. yep. And then now he was sent to go kill Dalinar oh, Colin. man. Right. So maybe. But we don't really know when find everything there. happened, right? concurrently we don't know when the conversation with Teravangian was so we don't know that's fair yeah so we get a pov change once again to finish off the chapter and it starts with uh, dalinar yeah well then find brightness shallan a squad of soldiers and do as she says dalinar says renarin nods blessedly he agreed to put on his plate for the battle dalinar barely understood the lad these days Dalinar had never known a man who could look awkward in shard plate, but his son had managed it. Mm-hmm. It's so funny that Renarin is just so unique. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just different. Yeah. We're going to talk about that in a second. Go, Dalinar says. Protect the scholars on their mission. I... Father, I don't know. It wasn't a request, Renarin. Do as you're told, or give that storming plate to someone who will. The boy stumbles back and then salutes with a metallic slap. Dalinar pointed at Gaval, who barked orders. 
Gathering a squad of soldiers, Renarin followed Gaval as the two of them moved off. Mm-hmm. The sky had grown darker and darker. That wind came in bursts. It was too strong for the weeping. We have to interrupt that singing, says Dalinar. Dalinar shouted against the rain, making his way to the edge of the plateau, joined by officers and messengers, including Relaine and several members of Bridge 4. Parshman, is this storm they're doing? I don't quite like him calling him Parshman. No. That's Unfortunately, a little, that's a little thing for me. Yeah, he should be calling him Relaine. He should be calling him Relaine. He, so, mm-hmm. I don't... It's kind of strange how Dalinar... We've caught this many times where he slips... In, in certain areas. That's we've, we've, and, and we've said little, this is his like a lethe, yeah. light eyes, privilege, whatever. It's like, his, sure. it's in yeah. his nature. He can't he help it. As honorable and as good of a character he is, he also is a byproduct of the people he yeah. is, right? Uh, is this storm they're doing? I believe so, Bright Lord Dalinar, says Relaine. On the other side of the chasm, Aladar's army was fighting desperately against the Parshendi. The red lightning came in bursts. A group of them prowled close to the chasm, where they ripped through a squad of spearmen like a white spine through a patch of ferns. That is deadly. To witness mm-hmm. that? Yeah. That's terrifying. It's they crazy. fought with a ferocity beyond what the Parshendi had ever shown on the plateau runs, and their weapons connected with flashes of red. Mm-hmm. Aladar's eastern flank needs reinforcement, says Dalinar. What do we have? Light infantry reserves, General Call says. 15th Spear Division from Sabaro's army. But those were supposed to support Bright Lord Adolin. He'll survive without them. Ooh. I mm. paused there when I first read it. Right. Because will He'll he? S- well, that's just it. Right. So, I don't like that at all. Um, he'll survive without them, says Dalinar. Get those men over here and see Aladar reinforced. Yeah, talk about a bridge that Dalinar would have to carry. Yeah. If that, if Jeez, that maneuver please. there turns out to be the death of his son. He already feels fucking horrible about his brother dying. He's been carrying that shit around for seven <sighs> years. You I know? don't know. I'm so nervous. I don't know. It's awful. Okay. Tell him to punch through to those Parshendi in the, in the back. Engage the ones singing at all costs. What's Navani's status? She's ready with the devices, Bright Lord, a messenger says. She wants to know where she should begin. In Royon's flank, says Dalinar. He sensed a disaster was brewing there. Even with Cal's son fighting on that front, Royon's troops were the worst that he had. Taleb was supporting them with some, on, with some of Sabariel's troops who were surprisingly good. I like that too. Yeah. That Sabariel's troops were good. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, he hadn't expected that. No. And he says the man himself was practically useless in battle, but he knew how to hire the hire. right people, and that was his had been his genius, right? Sabariel. So and I couldn't help but think of Shalom there. Didn't realize that. Yeah. So right, right. it's really great. Yeah, hire the right people is definitely a talent, and Sabariel's got it. Dalinar hiked back toward the command tent, passing Shalon, Inadara, Bridgman. Squads of soldiers, Bernarin included, and he headed out on their mission. Or heading out on their mission, Kelex speed their way. Dalinar thinks. So that, that means Shalon, the scholars, and Renarin and They're a going on their group mission. of people are going to find that plateau that the scout came back and said, no, right. no that's not the, the right one. Yeah, so 
They've got a destination now. The Parshendi moved through the darkness and the gusts of wind with ease, while the humans slipped, squinted, and were battered. The problem was that this was only half of the Parshendi. If the other half attacked, his people would be in serious trouble. But they mm -hmm. didn't attack. So they must consider that singing to be important. They saw the wind they were creating as more damaging, more deadly to the humans than simply joining the battle, and that terrified him. What was coming would be worse. I am sorry that you have to die this way. Dalinar stood still. Rain streamed down. He looked to the flock of messengers, to the aides, to the bodyguards, to the officers who attended him. Who spoke? They looked at one another. Wait. He recognized that voice, didn't he? It was familiar to him. Yes, he'd heard it many times in his visions. It was the voice of the Almighty. So there's a couple things here that he does really well. Um, <laughs> he Normally when the Almighty speaks or the Stormfather speaks, it's all in caps. It's all in capital. Yes, I noticed that. But he doesn't write it in caps here because he wants us no. to think at first that it's not someone like that. Right? Very, mm -hmm. very tricksy. Very, very smart. Well, it could be a number of things uh, on that note. It could be that this isn't the Almighty. Mm -hmm. It could be that there's been a change in the Almighty. Possibly. Well, we know so that the Almighty's from, dead. So we, okay. we know that. There. Yeah, okay. But okay. we know it as much as we know that Scylla's dead, too. Mm -hmm. That's true, too. And also that I can't, I have trouble accepting certain things. <laughs> yeah, you do. So, so, yeah. um, so this is a fascinating ending. Who spoke? I'm sorry that you have to die this way. Now, the voice appears to be intended for Dalinar. Right. So, again, I was thinking back to the color blue, fresh coat fresh of, coat. of right. fresh coat. Um... Are we going to see Dalinar die here? Or is that voice intended for Adolin because he's not getting the support? Right. Adolin has to hold his own. No one else around well. him seemed to hear that voice but him, though, so... No. So, for Dalinar. Mm -hmm. I know. It's got me really, really nervous about what's next, so I can't wait to read chapters 82 and 83. So the, he asks himself... Which we will cover next. What was... Uh, he said, uh, um, they saw the wind they were creating as more damaging, more deadly to mm -hmm. the humans than simply joining the battle. That terrified him. What was coming right. would be worse. And we know what the Parshendi or what the um, Stormform listeners Stormform. are thinking they're doing, right? They think they're they're creating a giant storm that will obliterate the humans they've got them here right and now we're going to try to create will this be, storm and they will be relatively immune to right. it and they will, will you know wash away but they've never tested it they don't really know what it does yet remember eventually no. wanted to test it and Eshenai's like no we can't test it if we test it they're going to see it out here on the plains and then we'll lose our our um, element of surprise we have to do it the day of when we've got them out there so I wonder what Venley's motivation there is. To test it? I wonder if there's something we, there. We talked about that in that chapter too, when we, we covered yeah. that. We're not sure. She, there, remember we were like, there's something up with Venley? There, that, that was like our kind of like our takeaway. There yeah. was something up with Venley. But um, something up. Tell, me, yeah. tell me what you think your highlight is here in this whole chapter. It's a long one, but. Oh, well, it's, it's TN. 
it's uh Elokar is Dalinar's yeah, TN. It's pretty great. It has to be. That's such a powerful, powerful moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, the moment with with uh Adolin on the battlefield after Sherblood falls, that's a powerful moment mm-hmm. too. It's hard for me to pick. There are a, there are a number of really good ones. The two, I think, the top two for me would, would be those two, but I think it would have to be um would have to be Kaladin realizing, you know, what what am I doing? Why am I even entertaining this coming out of Moash? Mm-hmm. And how come I how come I couldn't see Elokar in a different light? It's, it has to do with his you know? his bias against light eyes and and, and all this yeah. stuff, right? It's all baked into all the, the, that what, stuff. What about yours? Do, do yeah, you I have or, kind of a complicated or... one, but I wanted to talk a little bit about Renarin. Um, I've been wanting to okay. talk about this mm-hmm. for the last few chapters, maybe last few episodes. Sure. And um, so my highlight of the chapter is Renarin guarding the uh, guarding the scholars, that he is being put to use mm-hmm. here. They have trust in him, even though he might mm-hmm. not have trust in himself. Um, he's been trusted to to protect the scholars, who we know is the 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 contingency plan. So maybe arguably one of the more important parts of this whole mission, Renarin's kind of there for absolutely. It, right? Um, maybe he's also been put there because they don't think he's going to see any combat, but now he's going, they're going into that, that see that special plateau that they found. So he, I mean, he's going to the mm-hmm. heart of it now. Right. So I love that our, our, you know, our sweet little boy Renarn is, um, is, fi- is finally finding maybe a spot where he, he wants to be. He's with the scholars too, right? He's kind of a, a he's a mm-hmm. smart boy. He, he has like scholarly leanings. He would be an ardent if he wasn't already like the, you know, like a prince, right? So the thing I want to talk about right. is I haven't really done the Renarin voice in a while. And, <laughs> and there's a reason. Um, it's been brought to my attention that um, there are a lot of people in the fandom that see Renarin as potentially being... Um, autistic, that he has some tendencies that could be on the spectrum. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, after it had been brought to my attention, I went, oh yeah, you know what? That's true. It, I can kind of see that, but I had never, ever made fun of him knowing that that could have been part of his character. I made fun of him on a lark one day when we were recording that first time (laughs) was the, uh, the hunt that was on the, the hunt episode. Which I vehemently disagreed with your interpretation. You did. And you saw it for miles. And then you were like, oh, that bothers Jack? I'm going to do yeah, it more. I'm going to keep doing it. And the <laughs> angle in which I was making the joke was more like a, um, you know, pre, a post-pubescent boy whose voice cracks and he's awkward yeah. and a little nerdy. And, and yeah. I mean, I could be making that joke about myself yeah. when I was 14 years old. You know what I mean? Like Edward yeah, Furlong exactly. in T2. So when I, when yeah. I say something like, father, I don't know, like I'm doing that as if like yeah. he's, you know, the pimply kid in Simpsons or something. You know what I mean? Like, you know what it is? It's the Monsters Incorporated guys. They're like, when, when, when Sully <laughs> yeah, and, right. um, when, when they come in, they're like, Hey, they're like, Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, he yeah, looks exactly, at me. Yeah. Like and if, if their voices are cracking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, it was never my intent to, um, to make fun of Renarin for any kind of, um, any kind of disability that he may have had. That was never, that was the farthest thing to my mind when yeah. I first m- made the jokes. I don't want to sure. stop oh, yeah. making yeah. the joke because I think it was good hearted and I do like it. I think it's pretty funny. I mean, it's, and it's a running gag, but I do want to make it plainly known that, um, I was teasing him as if I was teasing a, um, 
a teenage boy who was going through puberty and his voice is cracking and he's a little bit awkward, uh, much like I would have been at that age. So um, I just wanted to make it straight that I wasn't teasing him. I didn't even really realize that the character could have been sure. um, even slightly on the uh, on the uh, the spectrum. My nephew is on the spectrum, yeah. and I have lots of respect for people who have to deal with that. For his parents and him himself dealing through that their whole lives, and you know, I'm supportive and loving. Sure. And I'm a loving uncle. I love my, my my nephew very much. So it was never meant to be in that kind of vein. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to no, throw no, that out there no. as a piece of understanding. But you did, you have, you have, uh, mm. given me a new thought with your Renarin mm. highlight in that Renarin, I think has shown to be one of the biggest hearts. Absolutely. Of this series, mm-hmm. especially when he jumped into full danger, trying to battle w- with his brother. Yeah, absolutely. Without any plate like like that showed you know tremendous amount of heart Mm -hmm. so i find it really fitting that you're going to the center you're at the center you're at the heart of this situation and you have you're putting the heart into it yeah it's great so i don't know like i think maybe renarin could be extremely valuable in what's to come Mm -hmm. i mean it would it would make sense like you know a character who is kind of like a minor character overshadowed by his brother and his yeah. father and all the other characters around right. him could have a bigger role to play in the future, which is, you know, it's always really good writing. So it's going to be amazing yeah. for an, yeah, Renarin's rise. I don't know. That'd be, be pretty cool. That'd be pretty serious. Yeah. So I guess it's that time. Mm-hmm. It's the info think it dump is. time. Little info dump. It's time to dump all the infos. Just, you know, it's like a big bucket of infos just all over the place. <laughs> Um, Shake that Lego on the floor. Yeah, the uh, info dump <laughs> is brought to you by Buzzkill Joe. Um, mm. I want to I want to come up with like a fake commercial for Buzzkill Joe, like brought to you by the people at Buzzkill Joe, um, <laughs> the uh, uh, number one uh, standard in info dumpery or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> info dumpery. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so he did. Uh, he's got so much info here. Let's let's go through it. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Let's so um, this is the one big chapter. So um, we yes. normally have two chapters to cover, but he's got so much stuff here. There's so many names. Um, some of them we've mm-hmm. already dealt with, but let's just kind of go through it. Yep. So there's a sure. scout named Felt. He uh, he's the one yes. who t- is the one that felt. Tells I really Shalon. like that name. By the way, that's a really cool. You name. really felt it. I felt it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I got some feels for the felt. Um, he, uh, uh, I was going to make a, an, an actual like material felt joke, but I just, I just don't, I don't have anything funny in my head right now. So <laughs> I, w- I wonder if felt is svelte. <laughs> svelte. <laughs> um, so he's the one who points out the, um, the circular mm. plateau to Shalon, right? He, uh, yes. he's described as a thin man. And then we have Lynn, mm. who is a female scout. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. clearly scouting is uh, a shared gender profession, which, um, actually is kind of good for the Alethi. Like they normally don't let the uh, females do anything other than drawing and, and scholarly work. Right. So the fact that there's mm-hmm. a scout actually on the battlefield and it's a female helping is really mm-hmm. kind of revolutionary, I think, which is awesome. Um, there's someone named Mintez, which is a high Lord that Aladar usually Mintes. let him use mm-hmm. his, uh, shard plate. Um, mm-hmm. there is Perel, and this is one of Adeline's field commanders. Yes. Um, there's a person named Rust, which is a light eyes of rank to ha- that received one of Adeline's plates that he won. 
And oh, then this yeah, is the, that was it. Yeah, yeah. And then this is one of the other names of uh, uh, another person that won. They got one of the plates that won. But you had a hard time saying this name, and I'm, I'm going to have a hard time saying it too. It's uh, oh yes, Seragaius, Seragaitis. It's like S E R U G I A D I S. No, Seragaitis. <laughs> hey, there's that Seragaitis. Um, I, it sounds like a sickness. You have, oh, you got a little bit of the sarigitis. Oh, a little, you're coming down with a little bit of it. I got a little, just a little in my throat here, a little of the sarigitis. Um, there's another scout named Shim. And then, um, so we've got some interesting ones. I don't remember ones. that one, but okay. We got some interesting Good. ones here. So there is a Lots person. Lots of new little characters. Yeah, there's there's a there's a guy who goes with Renarin to protect Shalon when they're good, on their way to their mission, right? Um, and one of the people that goes with a Renarin is named Gavel, G-A-V-A-L. And this guy yep. is the same guy that Kaladin promotes during the tower assault. You, where's the ca- where's the commander? Uh, he's dead. Mm. Okay, you're the commander now. Right, you're commander now. Yeah. Right, right. So he That's stayed him. as commander. That's cool. So he's <laughs> he, he, this is the same guy. So it's yeah. kind of cool that he's back in it. Um, right, that's that's neat. Yeah, it's pretty Good cool. Find. Um, we meet in a in Adara, which is one of the scholars that are sort of giving Shalana mm. a hard time, but also is kind of playing the maybe the Yasna role in all this. Like the you know what I mean? Like um, I've been doing this a little she, longer. She, she might think she is, but yeah, she, she's. Uh, she, I, I loved uh, patterns. Yeah, r- retort to her yeah, with the, the mirror. mirror the comment. <laughs> Look in the amazing. mirror. Yeah. Look in the mirror. Yeah, it's really great. Um, Issa Sick is a royal cartographer that we meet in this chapter. Right. Um, I think they've been mentioned before, actually. Um, yeah. Varth, and not to be confused with Darth, um, <laughs> Varth <laughs> is uh, the name of Tien's squad leader, the one that says the the words turn a liability into an advantage. So I just want to remind us of that uh, that name again. Um, and then I think um, Varth is actually the 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 short form if you want to combine Darth Vader. If it's if you're into the brevity kind of thing, then you just call him Varth. A Varth Vader. It's no, it's just just Varth. That's it. Uh, wouldn't it be uh, wouldn't it be uh, 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 Dater? <laughs> it could be Dater. I think he prefers Varth. He personally. prefers Varth. He likes it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and then we get uh, we get this really uh, we talked about it already during the episode, but I want to bring it up again. We get mm. that wit is also called dust. Dust. Yeah. Zale yes. calls him dust. So hmm, very, very tricksy. Curious here. that he has these different monikers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder what it really means. Like what like what is it about him that has maybe he's the kind of person that reinvents himself everywhere he goes right like maybe he's he's wit because he's the king's wit and he his name is hoyd for certain people and for certain people it's dust it depends on where he is maybe so i wonder if Zig i think Sil there's does the i think there's thing. something big up sanderson's sleeve with wit that's my guess yeah it's it's my, it's my guess clear is that. that there's something special about this character right Mm-hmm. Um, so then we have uh, hard hanu, which is um, liquor made from lavas grain. Which I mean, I'm it's like hard mics, but it's like hard hanu. hanu. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> and then uh, that's it. That's all we have. Uh, that's all the stuff that um, uh, he wrote out for us. Thank you again, uh, Buzzkill, for this is a really uh, pretty deep one with all these names. I just I thought it was important to read them all because we did get a lot of names, so it's nice to just kind of review them at the end here. Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, the other thing I want to talk about is our lovely patron team. Um, we don't do this show without their support. Um, it is uh, so amazing just how 
you know, how generous people are and just how uh, involved they want to be in the show too. Like, you know, if you want to be involved, you just go to patreon.com slash heroes of, and you can sign up for one of the tiers. The basic tier gives gets you uh, access to the discord server, which is where all the fun happens. You really want to come onto the discord server and talk to get in the conversations. We, we all literally laugh behind Jack's back because he's not really allowed to see most of the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he gets locked That's out true. of the, the spoiler stuff. Out, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah, if you want to be a part of it, just go to patreon.com slash heroes of and take a look at all the other tiers too there's uh, you know um craft master michael mail you something if you're in one of the higher tiers there's um there's all kinds of really fun stuff there's bonus episodes and uh you can download any one of the really awesome um uh themes that jack has written over the the, the course of the years for the uh, for this company so it's um I don't know. It's really cool. You can use it in your D&D game and everything. So it's awesome. Um, but here is the list of our current patrons. I want to say shout outs to Jesse Fay and Cannoli and Jaden Guerra and Ryan Phillips and Sovotcha Art and Sarah 677 uh, Sarah Slagle, C. Carr, Tom Gonzalez, Mark Pinto, Jordo, Maria Verum. Hey, what's up, Maria? Uh, Lawrence Bradley, Cody Logan, Jonathan Whittington, Tommy Turpin, Itzizer, Julia Peeble, Justin Elliott, Laura, Kevin Friday, Riley Donlin, Chris Whaley. Hey, Chris, what's up, man? He emailed me the other day and he's like, uh, hey, man, uh, my name is not Chris Wally, it's Chris Whaley. And I was, I was like, I'm on it, bro. I'm so on it. Thank you. If you also have your name uh, pronounced wrong by me, please reach out to the things I'll say later and uh, tell me that I'm doing it wrong because it will definitely alleviate the stress I feel doing this. <laughs> um, Omni Orcus, Alec Guerin, James Johnson, Andrew Woods, James M, Valk of Marin, Chelsea Walker, James Pryor, Chad Kirkman, Christopher Bagley, Megan Lloyd, Christopher Featherson. Richard Featherson, I should say, Ilya Certain, Daniel Lee, Elvira, Denver Rose, David Clamage, Andrew S., Pac-Man in Idaho, Jason Stock, Ashlyn Lee, Anna P., Joseph Bruno, Pat Bevins, Thomas Kovar, Matthew Eaton, James Reed, loading. Steph Baum, Alex Trant, Joey Willman, Christopher Jack, Ratman, Brandon Comer, Jasper, Sakosi, Silver Lumos, Joshua, Nisala, Ryan, Josh, Alexander, Janzi, Zach Helton, Wick, Joseph Mingoya, Alex DeFour, Daniel Wyden, Werewolf Will, John M., Jake DeField, Robert Goebel, My Mom Sue, Ari Zhu, Robert, uh, Bruce Rogers, Joel Hayes, Don Chalice, Mr. Murasami, Christopher, uh, Christian Pappy, no, 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 no. Jack's wife, Linda, <laughs> and our best friend, Mike. So thank you very much, everyone, for being part of the team. We really appreciate everything that you do for us and uh, just the uh, the constant support that you give us, not just uh, on the site, but like with the words you say and how much, how encouraging you guys are. It's just, it's really, really awesome. Um, if you want to reach out to us and tell me that you say, uh, I say your name wrong, you can go do so at heroesofacathra at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at heroesofone. Um, you can, um, reach out to us on this, at the storm pod on Instagram and, uh, don't be afraid to, uh, to find us on, uh, on Reddit, uh, with the storm pod subreddit. So, um, anyways, uh, dude, we are reading two chapters next. Um, it's 82 and 83 mm-hmm. and um, I'm excited. <laughs> it's juicy, bro. It is so juicy. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you very much for listening. 
We love you very much. Till next time. Take care, everybody. The Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the Heroes of Akathra. <laughs>